I'm John Moe. Just ahead on Wits, actor-comedian podcaster Paul Shear. He says his career in showbiz can make for odd moments at home. I said to my wife, I came home, and I was like, ugh, look at this girl that made me kiss on the show. And it was a picture of me as a woman. And she's like, she's actually not that, you know, she's, she's attractive. Why would you kiss her? Like, she got upset that I got, I was like, it's me. I, that was me. She's like, what? We get a visit from Benedict Arnold. George Washington is a jerk. But I love him. But I don't want you to love him, and I don't want anyone to love him. Plus music from Nico Case. Only ever held one love. Her name was Mary Ann. She died of being a child by her brother. He died because I murdered him. It's all on Wits, coming right up. Shot him through his jelly eye. One was self, his wicked life. From APM, American Public Media, this is Wits. I'm John Moe, coming to you from the Fitzgerald Theater in downtown St. Paul. This is my home, St. Paul. I'm not from here, but I've been naturalized. I took the oath. I served in the Minnesota military. I'm good. I'm originally from out west, and... Uh, I'm from Seattle, and before I was born, my parents lived in Seattle, right there in the city, but then they moved to Federal Way, which is a suburb 20 miles south, and that's where I grew up. I think my folks wanted more space between them and their neighbors. They wanted more quiet. They wanted to be away from things. Of course, when I grew up, I wanted to be closer to people. I wanted more action. I wanted to be in the middle of it all. So like a lot of people from my generation, I moved to the city. I bought one of those houses left behind by the people moving to the suburbs, but then I had to pay a lot more money for it. (laughs) I think leaving like that is a common instinct. You leave the place you grew up for a place that is different from the place that you grew up. But I don't know where that puts my kids when they grow up. The suburbs? No, it's been done. City? No, I'm there. Got to get away from me. The country? Yeah, and learn to farm and develop practical skills. No, that's not going to happen. (laughs) There's only one place they can go, really. Underground. (laughs) I'm calling it right now. The youth of tomorrow will become mole people. And why not? The caverns and hovels of the Earth's crust will offer affordable rents, plenty of root vegetables. It'll be subterranean nido. It's got grime, squalor. It's the new Brooklyn. (laughs) They can make a whole new life for themselves in the dirt pits that they claw out. They will develop pale skin and squinting little eyes. It'll be awesome. They'll develop some sort of prosthetic whiskers to sense the sides of the vast network of interconnected tunnels through which they shall scamper. Technology being what it is, they'll be able to work from home. Except for those involved in the fracking industry, of course. (laughs) Those mole people will have to be on the job to warn the other mole people of the latest earthquakes coming their way. My kids will see underground bands that are actually underground bands. (laughs) Instead of coffee, they'll sip nutrient paste harvested from tree roots. I can't wait to come visit through a dugout tunnel. Then they'll have kids. And those kids, my grandkids, will leave home because you got to get away from your folks. And it's hard to find good housing in the Earth's mantle, and they'll rise, squinting, to the surface. Maybe they'll head for the suburbs, to my hometown, 
and the circle of life will continue with the pale, hissing children of the mole people. We've got a great show for you. Actor, comedian, and podcaster Paul Shear is here. Our musical guest this week is a dear friend of the show. She's made many best-selling and critically acclaimed albums, the latest being The Worst Things Get, The Harder I Fight, The Harder I Fight, The More I Love You. Here's Nico Case. Nico Case with Kelly Hogan, John Rauhaus, Eric Bachman, Dan Hunt, and Tom V. Ray. With us this week is a guy who is on so many shows. You might know him from The League, Fresh Off the Boat, Human Giant, NTS, FSD, SUV. <laughs> and perhaps even Tron Uprising. You may also know him from his podcast, How Did This Get Made? Paul Shear. Paul Shear, welcome to Wits. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. I'm so glad to have you. I mentioned Human Giant, and I thought that might be a good place to start. Can you tell people what that was? Yeah, Human Giant was a show that I did with Aziz Ansari from Parks and Recreation, and it's a famous stand-up, and Rob Hubel, who has been in a bunch of different things as well. So we started making these videos right before YouTube became YouTube. It was sort of like, it wasn't as big as it was then. And we made these videos about talent agents for children. So we were really abusive to children. 
<laughs> you know, we'd be like, what do you think? You can walk in there with that cute face. Get out of here. You're nothing, you know. And This is while you were still in college you were making? Well, it was right when I got out of college. Okay, so right. we did that. And, uh, and MTV picked us up to do our own sketch comedy show. And it's so weird because that back then MTV was all about like the hills, basically pretty people. And they hired like a bald guy, a man, and a little Indian dude. We were not the demographic of the MTV thing. Like they were just blonde girls like with Pantene going through their hair. Well, lots of people do fun little projects in college with their friends. How, how did this get out of hand like that? I don't know. I think if I was to recreate it, I could never <laughs> do it. We just started doing uh, shows together at the UCB, which is where I kind of started out, which is uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Mm. So, so really amazing theater started by Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, uh, Matt uh, Besser, and Ian Roberts. And so we started there and we just were performing on stage and we made a video and we got a TV show. It never happens like that. It's never been that easy ever again. You've been in a lot of things since, that, so many things, like I said. I want to ask about uh, one project in particular sure. that I found kind of fascinating. This is the Arshirio Paul show. Yes. Let's take a listen if we could. Okay. One for Bill. for Bill. I tried to do it. I just couldn't. I wasn't trying to get off the hook. You know, I was just trying to make a nervous remark. Okay, okay, but let's just go through it again because I've heard many different people discuss it. I've done my jokes. You got the joint in your hand. I bet you burn me good. <laughs> okay, and, and, and someone says, you know that word E-A-R, right? You know, you hear it in college, air. <laughs> That's a tough clip to his, let's just listen to. Yes, well, it's provocative. What is it that we were listening to? There? Okay. Basically, this company, Jash, was like, hey, if you ever have an idea that you can never do anywhere else, we want to be the home for that. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to recreate Arsenio Hall show interviews from the 90s. And they're like, great, let's do it. So, so I, what we just heard was, was Will Arnett yes. as Bill Clinton. Will Arnett And is you Bill. as Arsenio. Yes, and I'm dressed fully like Arsenio on an Arsenio set. And when you watch these clips, they're insane. I mean, Bill Clinton is talking about smoking a joint to Arsenio Hall. Like, at that point, that's where you went. You didn't go to The Daily Show. You went to Arsenio Hall. And celebrities would reveal so many crazy things about themselves. Like, Halle Berry uh, lost a beauty contest. And when she was on there, she was gloating. She was like, you know what? I may have lost that contest, but I heard the woman who won got divorced. So suck it. It's like, whoa. <laughs> You're... Halle Berry. It was a time before publicists or YouTube, so people said crazy, crazy things. Um, so yeah, so we kind of recaptured that, and then I'm actually doing a follow-up to that coming out oh. next month called Sheer RL, where I'm going to recreate classic TRL moments, the MTV show. The Carson Daly. The Carson Daly. Equally upsetting when you kind of watch what happens. Why are you doing this? I have no... Basically, someone's giving me money to do it. They're like, we'll fund this insane. I, I feel like Howard Hughes. Like someone's like, yeah, we'll give you money to do it. I want to make a plane so big, I'll call it the Spruce Goose. You know, it's like, they'll build the set, I'll show up. You give me the wig, I'm there. That's pretty much the lesson of all, everything I've ever done. If you give me the wig, I will show up. We'll work for wigs. Because you don't have much of your own hair. You're, no, I got, well. I, by the way, speaking of not having that much hair, um, on MTV, they tried to hide the fact that I was a bald man by making me wear hats. 
So whenever you watch any clip from Human Giant, I guarantee you I'm wearing some sort of skull cap, a baseball cap. It was like, guys, you're not going to hide it. I'm there. I'm on another channel simultaneously, totally bald. You're not faking anyone out. Was Ron Howard a consultant on Human Giant? <laughs> Ron Howard carried it through for a very he long really time. He really committed. A commitment to the ball cap. <laughs> I want to ask about The League, which yes. is a show about fantasy football yeah. and a group of friends. Um, I watched the first season of that for a while. I'm like, oh, this is a kind of nice comedy about oh, a group of friends. Yeah. And then I kind of skipped ahead a few seasons. It's gotten weird as hell. It's gotten weird and it's gotten dirty. Yeah. Like, my wife and my parents do not watch the show anymore. <laughs> it's upsetting to them. Uh, but yeah, the show has gotten weird. There's episodes that just go off with uh, two pornographers uh, played by Seth Rogen and Jason Manzukis, They have their own episodes that we're not even in. Sometimes it has nothing to do with and football. They, they go off to kill someone, yeah. as I recall. Yeah, they go off to yeah. kill someone. Um, yeah, uh, there was an episode. I mean, my character gets the worst brunt of everything. Uh, last season- Andre. Andre, yes. Yeah. Uh, last season, I was fully made up to look like a woman. And it was so- Good. The makeup was so good that I would do this bit with my cell phone. I, would, I, uh, I said to my wife, I came home, and I was like, oh, look at this girl that made me kiss on the show. And it was a picture of me as a woman. And she's like, she's actually not that, you know, she's, she's attractive. Why would you kiss her? Like, she got upset that I, I was like, it's me. I, that was me. She's like, what? And I would do this to much of the chagrin of my friends, too. I would always pull it out. I was like, hey, Rob, look at this girl that they made me kiss. He's like, oh, she's hot. I go, it's me! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, besides being on uh, every show that is being made currently, <laughs> uh, you oversee a whole series of podcasts yes. with, uh, with Wolf Pop. Um, why the enthusiasm for, after doing all these other things, to become a podcasting executive? <laughs> Well, look, we all know uh, radio and podcasting is where the big money is. Oh, sure. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like a legitimate fan of podcasts and radio. And I grew up, uh, you know, very much in uh, listening to Howard Stern. And then podcasts came into my life and I used to listen to that. And I got really passionate about doing this with the guys who created Earwolf. So this is like a sister company to it. And we've been doing some really fun, different shows. So I'm trying to create shows that I would like to listen to, and hopefully that translates to what you guys would like to listen to. <laughs> Is What podcast would you love to do if you had the time? Like, what, what's one that you, oh, you had an wow. extra 40 hours a week to devote to something? Man, that would be... Well, I did my dream podcast recently, which was the Sylvester Stallone podcast, but I never <laughs> got Sylvester Stallone on the podcast. It was 28 episodes of me figuring out that maybe he's showing up, and then it devolved into a really meta thing where my wife has kicked me out of the house, I'm living in a motel, and uh, I finally get involved in a coat. I couldn't Stallone. book Stallone. Yeah. And then I got a phone call from Stallone's publicist, and we thought it was to shut down the show, and she's like, he'll come on your show. And I said, no, I don't want him. <laughs> Wait, when that was announced, when, when the whole Wolf Pop project was yes. announced, I saw the Stallone podcast. I'm like, good for them. 
They got Stallone on a podcast. Yeah, we, I, like I built it, and I had to be very serious about it. And I would talk to like important publications, like the Wall Street Journal, and they <laughs> and they would say, "So you have Sylvester Stallone?" And I'd be, "Yes, we do, and it's going to be great." And, you know, and I would try to be very cagey. I would also be like, "Well, you know, we're talking to his agents, and it's all going to work out. It's in between movies right now." I wasn't out and out lying, but I was. <laughs> We're, we're proud to be one more arrow in your quiver. Paul Shear, everybody. <laughs> Coming up, was George Washington a real jerk? And the real story of Jack and Diane. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with comedian, actor, and podcaster Paul Shear and musician Nico Case.
Nico Case with Kelly Hogan, John Rauhaus, Eric Bachman, Dan Hunt, and Tom V. Ray. Nico Case, welcome back to Wits. Thank you. You live on a farm in Vermont, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just always imagine your farm. It seems idyllic to me, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Farms usually aren't as idyllic for the people who live on them. Uh, what's new on the farm these days? Well, it's a really exciting season between uh, winter and mud season, which is poop season right now. Okay. It's, like, <laughs> it's frosted in all the poop that happened during the super cold winter. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's all emerging? It is fecund and <laughs> exciting. <laughs> new life. It is drawing the new life from the ground. Why live on a farm in Vermont if you're in the entertainment business? Wouldn't it be easier to live in New York or no. LA, Chicago? Why not? Because there's people there. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with people? They're good, but I don't know. There's some pretty excellent humor you don't really get in the city. Like, you learn a lot about death. <laughs> you're um, also near Ben and Jerry's, which is a You're near Ben plus. and Jerry's. You learn a lot about parasites, which are endlessly funny to me. Um, and you're, you're painting, like, a post-apocalyptic world that you live in. It is. It's kind of a, pre, a pre-apocalyptic world, yeah. I can touch maggots now. I never thought I could do that as a kid. I just pick them off of stuff, and then I feel... Like I just lifted a car over my head. I, you know, I've never asked you this, but uh, how much training did you have in music, and how much of this was self-taught? Well, it's all uh, self-taught, but you have to hang out with people who know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you just mimic them. Yeah. Which is embarrassing for everyone <laughs> involved. Yeah. I remember for your last album, you sequestered yourself away for a long time to, to write it and record it. And That's a sweet way to put it. I just was hiding. <laughs> you were hiding out? Yeah. How long were you Rocking hiding Rocking back and forth. Yeah. How long were you hiding out? Mm, I don't know. It, it, it was about four years between records. I mean, I did other things. I didn't just rock back and forth the whole time. <laughs> But you were lifting maggots. I was lifting. I was learning about life and death and maggots. And I have a question about how do you procrastinate? Because I know when I have to do things, I find amazing ways to procrastinate from doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, what? dude, I just take other jobs. I always have like nine jobs at a time. What other jobs were you taking? I don't know. Be in other bands, um, write things for people. But um, some, this year has been the year of learning to say I can't actually do that because I think my liver just gave out. <laughs> and not, I don't even drink. It's just from being tired. From being, from being Having sleepy. to admit you're a human is really crappy and adult, <laughs> and it's hard to do that. When you are singing your songs, when you're up there singing, uh, what is going through your mind? Because surely you're not trying to remember the lyrics by now. You've sung these songs so many thousands of times. Where is your head at in the singing of these songs? That's a really good question. Um, sometimes I'm thinking, are my underwear showing? <laughs> are, like, through my pants, which go down to my ankles, like, are they sexualizing me? Um, so you're self-conscious? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really ever wonder if anyone's sexualizing me. I feel like it's a <laughs> dork, so... 
I just wanted to say, are they sexualizing me? <laughs> I'm such a victim up here. <laughs> you guys. You wanted, to, you wanted to confront the oversexual public radio audience in Minnesota. Yeah. I understand. But are you in character for the songs, though? Because a lot of these songs are really intense, and a lot of them are character-driven. Is it like an acting performance? No, I'm really bad at that. I'm usually just me. Yeah. I'm not, I've never been good at... Um, emoting? Emo- well, not so much emoting, just trying to be like a different person. Like, you know, when you go see other bands play when you're in a band and you check out what they're doing and you're like, oh, it looks so cool when they're dancing around or like making the guitar face. And I realized the other day, like, I'll never be a good guitar player because I'm so self-conscious about accidentally making a guitar face. <laughs> and you can't play guitar unless you can just let go but I'm just like this like don't make Uh. don't make the curled up lips (laughs) Nico Case everybody (laughs) support for wits comes from Boba Fett who admits he's more of a Star Trek guy (laughs) and from the newest movie in the Paul Blart Mall Cop franchise Plart Glort Mall Cromp 2 Golf Lot We get additional support from Gluten, which really hopes that you choke on that weird, flimsy, papery pizza crust that you're eating these days. Chert, would you like to come up and give your report? I guess. Thank you, Ms. Jimothy. George Washington was born in 1732 and was the first president of the United States. He was the father of our country, and like my father, he was a bad father. Wait, what? What? He had wooden teeth, he passed the Constitution, and he passed gas. They named Washington, D.C. after him because it was built on a swamp, and George Washington smelled like a swamp in his trousers. Sure. George Washington was dumb also as well. He chose to fight a war in the winter, which is one of the coldest seasons to fight a war. His teeth broke from the chattering and had to be replaced with wooden ones. Sure. He got termites in his teeth. No. One time he thought his reflection in a pond was an enemy and he attacked it. Please stop. He used to make all the founding fathers wrestle each other in an old barn. Sure. what are you doing? None of this is true. Where did you get this? I asked George Washington himself. George Washington told me. That's right. I'm George Washington. Hello. George Washington, really? You look very different in person. Well, I'm not wearing my makeup. I'm a very vain man who loves wearing makeup. You told Shirt all these things about yourself. All these facts? Yes. But they're so unflattering. Well, you know me, ugly, stupid old George Washington. I cannot tell a lie. I once chopped down a cherry tree, and then I told people, being a great man doesn't mean that I don't do horrible things. It just means I brag about it after. Lies. Can't tell them. You can't. Ask me anything. I will, but first, you're going to put this on. Well, what, what's this? It's a lie detector from Beckany's report about lie detectors. You have a report about lie detectors in the same series as a report about George Washington? Magnet school. Anyway, the lie detector is on now. George Washington... Tell us who you really are and why you're besmirching our first president's good name or this lie detector's going to fry you like a Snickers bar at the state fair. 
I'm yes George and I, I'm Benedict Arnold. Okay, Benedict Arnold, you got duped by Benedict Arnold, kid. Booyah! What? Benedict Arnold. I should have guessed. But how are you here? No, forget it. I don't care. I hate sci-fi. Why are you here? Why are you trying to slander George Washington? Because he thinks he's so great, but he's not, okay? I was a good general. I captured Fort Ticonderoga, but I can't beat Ben Franklin at wrestling and because he's so huge. And Thomas Jefferson, that guy's a super jock. I lost every single match. And then George and Ben and Tom all laughed at me, and then Ben invented the high five. And this is why you betrayed our country. No. Ah, okay, yes, yeah, yes, yes, okay. I wanted to be an ambassador to France, but I got nothing. America is built on wrestling skills, and it's not fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I betrayed them, and I'll do it again. Ah, well, okay, 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 I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't. Those guys are my best friends, okay? I regret everything. This is the best country in the world. Ah, ah, I mean, not anymore, no. And... George Washington is a jerk, but I love him. But I don't want you to love him, and I don't want anyone to love him. But now, I'm free, free to besperch his good name throughout the world, thanks to this time machine that I got from. Don't care, hate sci-fi. Everyone get him! You'll never catch me. I'm Benedict Arnold. Well, that was something. Chert? Yes, Miss Jimothy? You get an F. Dog. Nico Case as Ms. Jimothy, me as Chert, Paul Shear as Benedict Arnold. Pop Song Correspondences, Letters to Jack, 1982. Little Diddy, about Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jack is gonna be a football star. From Coach. Jack, I'm cutting you. You're not gonna be a football star. Not with your bleak attitude and weird chili dog problem. Also, don't call yourself Jackie. Mrs. Onassis is a great woman and you do not measure up. God, I love Jackie Onassis. <laughs> Diane, debutante backseat of Jackie's car. From Diane. I'm breaking up with you, Jack. I thought you'd get the hint by now. I don't sit in the front seat with you. And on days I really hate you, I ride in the trunk. Sucking on chili dog outside the tasty freeze. Diane sitting on Jackie's laps, got his hand between her knees. From Jack's boss at Tasty Freeze. Jack, you're fired. You're supposed to be selling chili dogs, but you just sit outside sucking on them. It takes you like two hours of chili dog sucking before the chili dog is just a wet, pulpy mass that you finally ingest. Customers are vomiting quite a bit. And you need to let go of Diane's knees, by the way, so she can escape you. Oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. From Morrissey. 
Jack, I'm the lead singer of a new band called The Smiths. I've seen your poetry and it's wonderfully bleak and full of despair. Would you consider being a lyricist for my band? Oh yeah, life goes on Long after the thrill of living is gone Love it! Jackie sits back, collects his thoughts for the moment Scratches his head and does his best James Dean Well then they're dying, we gotta run off to the city Diane says, baby, you ain't missing nothing It's not what I said I said, I will go off to the city and leave you to your depressing poetry and your chili dog sucking. Gonna let it rock, let it roll. Let the Bible Belt come down and save my soul. No, no one is going to save your soul. It's getting too chipper. Offer rescinded. Hold on to 16 as long as you can. Changes come around real soon, make us women and men. Jack, coach here. Listen, real men, they eat chili dogs. They don't suck on them. No one sucks on them. I I don't even want to think about that. Goodbye, Jack. Sincerely, coach. Diane. Your boss. Morrissey. A little ditty about Jack and Diane. Two American kids doing the best they can. Kelly Hogan on vocals, Christina Baldwin narrating, Mike Fotis as coach, Nico Case as Diane, Paul Shear as Morrissey, me as Jack's boss. More with Paul Shear and Nico Case in just a bit. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, here with comedian, actor, and podcaster Paul Shear and musician Nico Case. And now a round of Where Are They Now? Nico and Paul are cultural historians as well as entertainers. Mm. I will give them the name of a character from a movie or a song. Nico and Paul working together as a team. You will explain to me where these characters are today. Let's start with uh, Kevin from Home Alone. Where is Kevin Good question. And Nico, I think you know a little bit about Kevin, right? Well, Kevin had a really hard time sleeping after he made those series of movies. Um, it's a natural fear. When it was a documentary. Being hunted, yeah. child being hunted by adults does make for really cute, funny comedy, but it is also a predatory and And then illegal responding thing. with torture. Yeah. 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 It's a dark movie. It's a very dark it movie. It really is. So what's become of him? 
I, I say that he's gotten into the home security business, but you know. He, and he had no parental guidance whatsoever, so you know he, he had to work his way through community college. Yeah. It wasn't, the wave was not paved, as it were. But the good thing is, is that most people have houses where you like enter in a keypad, he gives you a handful of jacks and uh, a little heat thing that you can put on a doorknob, and boom, you're done. And yeah. there, there it is. <laughs> oh, hot doorknob! You I won't one. break in now. <laughs> and oh, and you also get a VHS tape with every purchase of a security system. <laughs> Um, Jar Jar Binks. Where is Jar Jar Binks? Strangled to death. <laughs> that is the correct Behind answer. Behind my house. Uh, Judd Nelson's character from The Breakfast Club. Whatever became of him? I know what became of him. Full on yuppie. Like, <laughs> lost all the cool stuff, just sold out, got a law degree. He's like Better Call Saul uh, <laughs> style lawyer, where he's a real kind of slimy guy, but he's like, but you know, he's he's not he's not up to any good. And he doesn't dress like a Clydesdale anymore. <laughs> he did dress a little like a Clydesdale, did. didn't he? That was uh, his only appeal. He also on the side gives cigarette tattoos because he has a lot of experience in that from Breakfast Club. <laughs> my dad put this out of my arm and now I can draw a cool dragon for you with this one. <laughs> so he's a tattooist on the side. Yeah, on the side. He's got to make that side money. We all have to, yeah, we have, have a hobby. Uh, the movie Fargo, known to many people around here. Uh, whatever became of Marge Gunderson from the movie Fargo? Great question. I heard she captured, she was part of the team that captured Robert, uh, uh, the guy from the Jinx. Uh, Robert Jinx. <laughs> Robert Jinx, right? That's his name, right? Yeah. She also um, has the keys, the second key, when the president has, but she has the other one to our, unlock our nuclear missile silos across the United States of America. And she did cheat on her husband with that guy that she met in the, in the hotel bar. Uh, yeah. Oh, she followed through she with did, that. She did, she um, did. Turning a little bit to music here, uh, Major Tom. <laughs> Is he still in space? He's up there with George Clooney from Gravity. They're just floating with no end in sight. <laughs> they're, like, they're like a jelly now, a sentient jelly. <laughs> Major Tom and George Clooney from Gravity merged together to form a sentient space jelly? Yeah. And they're going to they're going to populate Earth 2. Isn't it obvious a from the end of the movie? Very attractive, talented yeah. Earth 2. Um, Sergeant Pepper after uh, after his experience with the Lonely Hearts Club band, did he go on to form more bands or or what? He was drafted. He was actually <laughs> pulled back in was a major player in the second, uh, in the Afghanistan war. He really did a lot of great work, and now he is uh, coming off his fifth tour and wants to get back in the music, but, you know, he's trying to figure out the best way to do it. But he's also going back in time, and um, he was also drafted into the Boer War. Wow. Because of his mustaches. Oh, the mustaches, (laughs) sure. And he Uh, is a gentleman. (laughs) He has an elephant brigade and everything, just like Hannibal. <laughs> I, I, I wondered sometimes about his efficacy as a military figure, given the outlandish outfits that he, was, uh, that he would dress people in. Was he actually in the fighting, or was it more of an entertainment aspect? Well, I think he kept the troops, uh, you know, look, everyone knows when you're in battle, brightly colored outfits are the way you want to go. Sure. Yeah. Um, Decoying was his specialty. 
he was always in camo, and everybody below him was in brightly colored outfits. That's how he has survived for such a long time. And through so many, so many different wars. Um, we, all, we all love the movie Grease, which yes. teaches ah, us you. that uh, the best way to, to earn the respect mm -hmm. of your man is to, to dress up in kind of leather outfits yes, right at the course. end. Um, what became of Danny and Sandy from this Greece? This is a sad story because when their car took off at the end of Greece and started flying, yeah. they actually crashed into, as a three-way collision, that, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car, <laughs> and a Harry Potter car. It was a three-way collision, no survivors, so sorry, young love. Wow. So nobody from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang survived either? No, so sad. Or Automobile accidents are actually deadly, unlike they are portrayed in the movies. Yeah, because if the crash doesn't kill you, the fall will. Yeah, yeah. It's not even so much the fall, it's the, the hitting the ground yeah. <laughs> at the end of the fall. Yeah. Well, now I understand so much more. Nico Case and Paul Shear, thanks for the clarifications. Once again, Nico Case. Nico Case with Kelly Hogan, John Rauhaus, Eric Bachman, Dan Hunt, 
and Tom V. Ray. The Wits Lightning Round. Big insight, short answers. Paul Shear, what is your most prized possession? Ooh, my most prized possession is my son. Nico Case, what instrument do you wish you could play? Baritone guitar. Paul, what language do you wish you could speak? Uh, I, the, one, uh, the one that's Esperanto. <laughs> Nico, what wild animal would you like to domesticate and have as a pet? Blue whale. Paul... <laughs> Paul, do you think you'd get along with a wild bear? Uh, wild bear, no. Yogi bear, yeah, because we both love sandwiches. Nico, Patsy Cline or Pat Benatar? Patsy Benatar. Paul, what's a lesson you learned the hard way? Just because Play-Doh smells good, it doesn't mean it tastes good. Nico, Brady Bunch or Partridge Family? That's tough. Come on. No, it isn't. Come on. Come on. Come on. Family. There was a guy named Reuben Kincaid. That's all you need. Partridge family, yeah. Yep, that's the correct answer. Paul, Jim Belushi or a suitcase full of eels? (laughs) Both equally upsetting. Um, I'll take the eels because they don't smoke cigars. Paul, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, God. Well, we're on public radio, so I'm going to have to tone it down a little bit. Um... Basically, your flesh starts getting softer and softer <laughs> until it just starts oozing off and chunks just plop, 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 <laughs> nose, everything, and you just become a lump of fleshy goo, unlike or similar to the sentient goo that's in space from, Gap, from Major Tom and, uh, and George Clooney, but way less attractive and much more bloody. With spirochetes. That's a, a far more complete answer than I was really expecting <laughs> or was prepared for. Uh, <laughs> Nico, favorite cartoon to unwind with after a long day? Adventure Time. <laughs> Nico, could Vermont beat up New Hampshire? Oh, so hard. <laughs> Nico, Popeye or God? Popeye hard, but more even olive oil. Paul, what should the children be taught? They should be taught that time travel is real. Paul, what should the children never be taught? That, uh, <laughs> that uh, Terminators are out to get them. Nico, should Paul be in charge of deciding what the children should be taught? Yes, as long as he includes that they should never feel that they're welcome on my flight. <laughs> Paul, if you managed a store at the mall, what store would it be? It would be one of those places where you could put like... Uh, Oh, you know, one of those places that sell, <laughs> sells, like, pictures of, like, Tony Soprano eating with Marlon Brando from The Godfather and, like, uh, and, like Al Pacino from Scarface. And Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, all at a table. Nico, how hard is singing? Not that hard. Paul, how hard is comedy? Uh, not that hard. Nico, crunchy peanut butter or creamy? Neither. Paul, waffles, pancakes, or French toast? Pancakes, no thought. Nico, what's the biggest zoo animal you could beat in a fight if it came right down to it? Maybe an otter, but I doubt it. I think Maybe Otter is my favorite song of yours, by the way. Thank you, I worked hard on that. It's a pretty one. Paul, what's the biggest zoo animal you could beat in a fight if it came right down to it? Manatee. And that's the Wits Lightning (laughs) Round. Hey, John Moe here. 
You know, Nico Case, as we've said, is a good friend of the show. And in fact, the first time she ever appeared on Wits, she performed this mind-bending cover of an Iron Maiden song alongside of our band. We even brought in comedian and guitar shredder Dave Hill just to be a part of this song. And we realized that we've never shared this song with you guys. We've never put it out on the radio. Well, we're going to remedy that situation right now. Here is Nico Case with John Rauhaus, John Munson and the Witnesses, and Dave Hill with Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast.
want more Wits in your life? Go to witsradio.org and find out how you can see a Wits show in person. You can sign up for our newsletter, get the latest about what our various Wits guests are up to, or tell us what you're up to on Twitter. Just tag us. We're at Wits. Thanks to our friends Paul Shear and Nico Case, along with her band Kelly Hogan, John Rauhaus, Eric Bachman, Dan Hunt, and Tom V. Ray. Thanks also to our technical director, Corey Schreppel, our coordinating producer, Hans Buto, our intern, Autumn Burgraff, Ali Lozoff, and the staff at the Fitzgerald Theater, Tom Campbell, Aaron Cassio, Dan Zimmerman, and Mike Wangen. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker and Mike Fotis, who also acted in this week's show, along with Christina Baldwin. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. Our senior producer is Larissa Anderson. I'm John Moe. Bye now.